Beyond the Fence Line, a podcast brought to you by the Texas Agricultural Land Trust. Created by landowners for landowners, we're proud to play a role in conserving the Texas legacy of wide open spaces. Hello, everyone. This is Darren Clark, uh, Chief Operating Officer and Director of Land Conservation with Texas Agricultural Land Trust. And today joining me for this special episode of Beyond the Fence Line is James Oliver, who is our Director of Engagement. Thank you, Darren. It's been a while since we've been able to hop on the podcast together. Uh, I'm excited to get to answer some of our most asked questions and debunk some of the myths surrounding conservation easements. Uh, but before we get started, let's give our listeners an idea of what our roles with TALT encompass. I have a good idea. So my role mostly is uh, working with conservation easements, and we have a team of staff members that works uh, predominantly full-time working on the conservation easement uh, aspect and uh, working with landowners to help them realize their goals and objectives. and. For the most part, that's uh, that's what I do. How about yourself? Well, as my role of director of engagement, um, I do a lot of outward-facing activities, uh, presentations. I'm involved with several different organizations that uh, do some policy work. I've had the opportunity to do policy work both at the federal and at the state level. I'm a lot of times uh, the the first representative from the organization to sit down with landowners to start discussions of conservation easements. Um, so I get to do a lot of different things, uh, a lot of fun things. So uh, you and I have worked with conservation easements for a number of years now and uh, working with landowners. We, we get asked questions quite frequently. And, you know, over the years, I, I guess you're like me, there's, there's some of these questions that have become routine that you can almost anticipate a landowner asking the question. So today I thought maybe we'd pick the top four or five of those questions that are frequently asked and maybe kind of go through them and, and provide some answers. So so one of the first ones, James, uh, question that gets answered or get asked is, why would somebody want to place a conservation easement on privately owned land? You know, Darren, there's a, a multitude of uh, reasons and motivations that uh, we've come across over the years. Um, there's the financial aspect of it, the uh, charitable deduction that um, the IRS allows for the donation of conservation easements. There is a succession planning and estate planning role of the valuation of conservation easements and, and the way that plays into people's estates. Um, in the case of purchased easements, a lot of times those monies received are used to expand an operation or we've seen it where they've endowed an operation for the next several generations. But I think the most common reason that we we run across and is kind of part and parcel with all the things I just mentioned is a conservation ethic of, of looking across their land and want it to be that way for their generations. Another frequently asked question, it's not always the most easy to explain, but uh, we get asked, does a conservation easement take away my ownership? Yeah, I, I get that question a lot too. Um, the answer to that is is no. With a conservation easement, 
it is not a conveyance of fee title. The landowner who owns the property continues to be the owner. The only thing that really changes is some of the rights. You know, the conservation easement is what the landowner agrees to or uh, decides that they are able to and willing to forego on the property. And typically, you know, like I do, that's uh, by far and large the developmental rights that, that are associated with the property. But in that process of encumbering the property with a conservation easement, it does not change the ownership of the property. So in other words, whoever whoever owns that property at the beginning, even after the conservation easement is completed and the process is uh, finished and it's recorded, the landowner is still the current landowner of record. They are still the ones that legally own the property. Of course, as such, they still have the same responsibilities and liabilities on the property, including, you know, paying paying the property tax and, uh, you know, they still call the property theirs and control what happens on it. So, uh, yeah, I, I get that question quite frequently. Another one, James, very common, you know, you mentioned earlier that there are two, basically two types of, uh, of conservation easement conveyance. One of them is when the landowner gets uh, compensated or a purchase easement. But then the other one, is the uh, donated easement, like you mentioned, and in a situation like that, the landowner is really not going to receive any compensation for the value of that conservation easement. But the question is, even in a situation like that, when the easement is donated by the landowner, are there still costs associated with completing that uh, transaction of putting the conservation easement on. And by the way, excellent explanation to the previous question, Darren. Even with a donated easement, the IRS guidelines would require certain uh, transactions around a donated easement. And this is a real estate transaction, much like buying or selling a property. It's very, very similar in the way that it's documented. But there, there are federal guidelines that, that require, for example, an appraisal. Then you have to have a, a baseline report done, which documents the condition of the property at the time the easement is given. Um, that's the document we use going forward uh, when we do our annual checks, but there's costs associated with that. In many cases, especially in today's Texas, mineral estates have been split and that's the determination of those mineral interests is, is key to controlling and protecting the surface. So sometimes you have to get a mineral title report or you have to get what's known as a mineral uh, remoteness letter or you have attorneys uh, to uncover those things. The Agland Trust is a nonprofit. We do get a, a fee for helping landowners accomplish their goals. Um, that's part of the equation. I'm trying to think of any other costs. Those are the big costs associated with them. Uh, and a lot of that's out of our control. Um, we do, as an organization, we do search for funds to help offset some of those costs. For example, there's some programs that if the property has a nexus to coastal areas or tributaries or freshwater sources, there may be some funds available to help with that. 
there are several avenues we can pursue for funds, but nonetheless, there, there, there are costs. Oh, and the largest of these is the stewardship donation, which is a one-time donation to the Agland Trust to cover the expense of our required annual monitoring of the property going forward in perpetuity. They can be significant costs. Um, it can add up to be several thousands of dollars. It's not anything we can get around. It's just part of the whole process. Here's one that uh, comes up repeatedly. After the conservation easement is completed, will I, the landowner, be told how to use my land? Oh, that's another good one. Yeah, I get I get asked that fairly frequently, too. Um, that is a myth. There's a misconception out there that when a landowner decides to put that conservation easement on the property, that they're giving up the right to continue to use the property, uh, particularly in, in an agricultural type setting, uh, whether that be ranching or farming interests. Uh, the misconception is that the land trust or somebody else would be the one telling them what they can do and how they can do it. And, and that is not the case. So when, when a uh, property is encumbered with the conservation easement, that that is really the only purpose of that easement is to provide that level of protection for the property to keep it in agriculture, open space. But a land trust uh, typically does not tell the landowner what they can do with the property. Likewise, during the annual monitoring visit, you know, when tall staff meets with the landowner, they're not there to tell the landowner, hey, you've been farming wrong or you need to adjust your livestock numbers or anything like that. It's just merely an opportunity to visit with the landowner, review what's on the, uh, in the conservation easement deed, and to provide that assistance. But no, it's, it's never to tell a landowner what they can do with their property. Uh, along those same lines, James, there's another question that, that I get asked fairly frequently, and I'm, I'm guessing you get asked the same question. Uh, landowners want to know that if they get a, a conservation easement on their property, does that prevent any future condemnation or any eminent domain? No, we do hear that one a lot, too. Um, and especially as our state is growing and developing at a rapid pace, uh, that issue comes to the forefront more often. Unfortunately, at this time, there is nothing in law that protects uh, conservation easements any differently than lands without conservation easement. The majority of, of big projects uh, have been very careful about skirting the boundaries of conservation easements. They've gone along the edges. Um, they've, they've tried to, to route them such that they don't go through them. Um, to their credit, to those authorities or those, those companies with eminent domain authority, and the only fix to that is legislatively here in the states, and that's probably going to be a pretty tough lift for a while. Um, but unfortunately, no, it does not. A conservation easement does not protect your property from condemnation or eminent domain. Well, James, uh, I know you and I could probably spend an hour or even longer going over uh, all the questions that we get asked around uh, conservation easements. But I felt like today, uh, if we just pick these these five or so, just be a great opportunity to, to share that with our listeners. Uh, incidentally, so 
you know, is there uh, is there some additional information on on conservation easements that that's available for for the folks out there? You know, Darren, we've put together a comprehensive landowner's guide for conservation easements. It's available on our website. Uh, this is a great resource for anyone interested in seeing an overview of the types of easement as well as their benefits they offer. Oh, great. Thanks, James. That's fantastic. Um, well, with that, uh, hopefully this episode has answered some of the questions that uh, y'all been rolling around in your head. If we miss something or you have some other questions, need some answers, please feel free to reach out to us by email. We'd love to chat with you. Uh, we'd love the opportunity to answer your questions and discuss conservation easements and, and your needs a little further. But with that, Beyond that's the Fence all Line today. is brought to you by the Texas Agricultural Again, Land Trust, dedicated to conserving here, the Texas heritage we'll of agricultural time. lands, wildlife habitats, and natural resources. Find out more at txaglandtrust.org.